So welcome everybody to the very first Train Like a Trooper podcast. And we are very excited about this podcast. This is something we've been working really hard on. And um, Trooper Mistel Perkins, this was your idea. And you were like, hey, let's let let's do this. Let's let's take it to the public. Tell them, tell them what we're all about. Yeah. So um as you know, uh I I was new to the office and we were trying to come up with some fresh new ideas. And uh since I've bombarded you with tons of work and ideas at all all hours of the day. But uh the podcast, you know, we were we were talking about where we could market and what we could do and you know, everything costs money, right? And we didn't have any money, let's be real. Um so you know, pitching it to you is a long shot, I thought, but you know, the podcast is perfect because we get to control the con the context of it. And uh we get to share with the public what we, you know, we want to share with them our culture and uh, what it means to be a trooper or work for the Department of Public Safety. And what started out to be a recruiting deal, you know, just to get on here and recruit people and try to get some some numbers for for us out here on the road uh, turned into a lot, a lot more than uh, than we thought it would. And, yeah. and I'm really happy to see that happen. Um, you know, now we're going to spotlight some of our old cold cases, starting with a uh, trooper long who who uh, we lost in the line of duty, and that's I'm excited about that one. Uh, we want to do yes. it justice, so that'll be you know a couple part series on yeah. that. And this homicide has never been solved. Yes, and then we'd obviously like to to solve that. Absolutely, that yeah. So we have a lot of cool stuff coming out, and you know, like I said, obviously the idea started with recruiting, but uh, we expanded that very quickly uh, just to education. Uh, you know, and the first thing I told Sarah was, this isn't going to fail unless we get the guys on board, meaning my partners to, and guys and girls, my partners out there, that we need to get them excited about something and get them excited to do something different. And without them, we can't succeed. And that's, that is one of my priorities with this podcast is bringing something not only for the public to share with you guys, but to also, uh, have for, for my partners, uh, you know, gets awesome training on here, get, you know, some experts in different types of uh, work in the field, hear from all different types of troopers, all different types of instructors to help them better their careers and get them excited about doing it. Um, because without their support, we, we wouldn't be doing this. Yeah. And I think one of the things is that you said is really important, you talk about like sharing the culture of the highway patrol with people. And there's, there's a lot of people that don't, they don't know a whole lot about the highway patrol. You know, they might see a trooper on the side of the highway maybe helping somebody change their tire, maybe writing a ticket. Um, but, the, you know, the patrol has a wide variety of, of different types of jobs and services that we provide that a lot of people have have no idea about. Absolutely. And, you know, we've done a couple podcasts now, you know, just stacking up some, you know, before this intro, you know, and talking to troopers. And there are stories that I don't even know. You know, our culture, you know, as, as a OHP, you know, we're proud of our brown shirt. We wear brown and we're proud of that. And, you know, one of the main complaints that, you know, what we would hear, especially around the metro, is that people don't know what it means to be a trooper. And I didn't take that lightly. So I'm like, how do you change that? The podcast is how you change that. Let's share that with people. Let's share our stories. Because like I said, there's some that I haven't even heard that, you know, just talking to uh, some of the guests we are going to have on, I learned so much more about, you know, our history and what it means to be a part of it. And it's exciting and it, it definitely it's a tradition and we're proud of that and we want to share it. We want people we want people to apply that will be 
excited to be a part of that, to be a part of the, of the family of what it means to be a brown shirt. So, uh, you know, when when you uh, when you hear that, how do you fix it? And that's just sharing it. You know, there's another way. And we you do awesome on social media. Sarah does our social media um, for us. And and by the way, Sarah Stewart is a sub- celebrity in her own right. If you go and watch uh, Tiger King, you will find her. I can't remember the episode. Maybe number two. Maybe I don't remember. I'm on for um, a whole five seconds. But you'll hear so her. If you blink, you'll miss. Um, you also Google her, and she was uh, a news anchor for like 20 years. I didn't know this because I don't watch the news. But when I found out, it was awesome. So I'm here with a celebrity, and that's why she has such a nice voice on this. Well, yeah, I'm here with a celebrity. I'm one of Perkins peeps. <laughs> still has her own following. Moving on. Her own right. Moving on. Um, but we and, and we we decided to to call the podcast "Train Like a Trooper," and and we're gonna have a kind of a recruiting campaign that will go along those lines of "Train Like a Trooper." But um, a lot of this stuff too, so it'll be for you know troopers and what you know how they train, what are training resources that they're interested in. But a lot of this stuff, I think, bleeds over into the public and, and things that people can use in their everyday lives in whatever profession you're in, whatever you're doing, and use that same integrity and strength and commitment and you know perseverance and dedication that a trooper does. Absolutely. Um, you know, I... I was I've been blessed to be able to be a field training trooper and, you know, we'll have some on on the show to talk about that experience as well. And when you it, it changes the way that the way you work and the way you think just having to train someone else, uh, you're responsible for that person. And it and it, you should take your job a lot more seriously. If you if you didn't before, you definitely should start uh, or that would make hopefully make you start taking it more seriously because you um you are in, you know, in control of another, of another trooper. And that's, you don't take that lightly. And you know, I, I would preach on mindset all the time. And, um, there's something that, you know, we would, we talk about, it doesn't matter if you can drive, fight or shoot, if you can't think. And, um, I, you know, those are words of wisdom that we know were passed to me and I try to pass on to others and mindset, uh, makes up so much of the game. And, it, I hate to see it when it slips, and that and that and that applies across the board in every part of your life. Um, when it comes to negativity, or when it comes to being lazy or unproductive, you know, so much of that is mindset. And just working on that aspect, you know, uh, will change your your life and your working career. So I'm super passionate about that. I could go on and on about it. I'm sure there are plenty of people listening right now that know all my one liners, and I'll spare it uh, for now. <laughs> but you know, that, that was the main thing, like, you know, showing people the mindset, what it takes, the dedication, the time. Um, and it's no joke. It's the academy's it's tough. Like it, it sucks. And we're, we're going to talk about that on one yeah. of our podcasts. Yeah, we'll we will. You know, we'll yeah. get into all of that and, you know, have guys on from, from, uh, each patrol school. You know, we, we have a standing joke around the patrol and, you know, my patrol school was the last real patrol school. So we'll, uh, we'll get into some of that as well and share that with you guys. We're excited about it, um, but with us, we uh, we also have Cody from the Oklahoma Highway Safety Office. Cody McDonald. Yes. Who, without them, this this would not be possible. So yes. they've been instrumental in providing us with the microphones, the mixer, um, the equipment for this. And and this Cody, this falls in line with the mission of the Highway Safety Office, also, which Highway Safety Office is a part of DPS. They're under the same umbrella. Um, they kind of have their own offices. You guys get all the federal money, all those all those grants, so they they have money. But um, th- this falls in line with with your mission as well. 
Absolutely. We're very excited to be a part of this. And uh, it really does give us a way to uh, push our message, which is drive safe, uh, drive sober, don't drive distracted, wear your seatbelt, watch out for motorcycles. We've got a lot of messages that we push out. So we're really excited, looking forward to this. Um, Thankfully, we were able to purchase some equipment for the Ohio Patrol and DPS uh, as a part of our federal grant. So we're just excited to be here. and, And I get to sit in the corner and listen to all these exciting podcasts and meet all these cool people and hear all the cool stories that everybody else gets to hear. So it's really exciting. And yeah, we, we're, we're pumped. Uh, our director, Paul Harris, is very excited uh, to be a part of this. And we just look forward to seeing where this goes. Yeah, Cody, make, Cody makes sure all the audio is in line because I'm a lot I'm a lot louder than you, Mistel. So he has yeah. to balance out our voices. It takes a lot to control Sarah's voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the editing is always great, too. Um, and Cody, Highway Safety, you guys will have a segment, a safety segment on during all the podcasts, and we'll, and we'll give we'll give those tips and advice to people. Yeah, absolutely. Every time, every every podcast we do, we're going to have a small segment um, talking about the data. You know, we we are the clearinghouse for all the crash data in the state, so we're going to go over um, trends that we see and and uh, really just try to push out some information on how to drive safe and and ultimately save lives. That's what we're all here for. One more thing that I forgot to mention: uh, we are going to field questions from. Uh, people who are listening so the listeners whoever you are um even if you don't listen like at least click it so it looks like we have some listeners but if you do happen to listen and you want to send in a question uh, we will answer them at the end of every every podcast uh the goal is to release an episode every monday um so uh, we will answer a question that is submitted through either our facebook you can message it in uh there'll be a spot on our our website for the podcast to send in some questions and uh, we'll we'll field those and um, give you a shout out and answer your question. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's cool. Yeah. For and you know, on, talk a little bit about too, like you know, we want we want people to get to know us, and we want people to get to know you. Um, you know, I'm not going to get into the current you know climate, what it what it is. We're not going to get into politics on this show. But I think what's neat about this podcast is people will hear you guys talking, they hear troopers talking, and wow, you're you're just you're a person. Just like all the rest of us out there. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, and I think that's good. I think it's good yeah. for people to hear that and yeah. to hear from the, the, the men and women on the patrol. And, um, you know, we're all people. Absolutely. And, you know, just getting to share our experiences and, you know, what motivates us to want to do this job and, and why we still continue to do it and what it takes to do it and, and the kinds of people we want as partners. You know, we still, a lot of us still have a, a long way to go in this career. And, you know, we want good partners and we want people who have that calling to do this job. Um, I'm a firm believer in if you're not called to do it, then you most likely will not stay or you, you know, obviously won't apply, but it is definitely a calling. Um, I have another metaphor for it, but I will leave it at that. So we want to do just a little bit of a housekeeping. Um, so the Department of Public Safety is overarching. And so there's there's almost kind of two sides to the Department of Public Safety. So we have our commissioner, who is the head of all of the Department of Public Safety over the entire agency. And then we have under him the assistant commissioner, who is over, a lot of times we'll refer to it as the civilian side of the house. And that's all of the driver license services that we provide. There's records management, there's legal, there's HR, there's record services, a, a, a ton of services that we provide on that, on that side of the house. And then also under the commissioner is the chief of the highway patrol. Um, and so obviously he's over all the law enforcement side of the house, the highway patrol. And so our commissioner is John Scully. Our assistant commissioner is Pat Mays. And the chief of the highway patrol is Colonel Brent Sugg. 
and we have previously recorded messages from all three of them that that we want um, that we want you guys to hear. So we're going to play those for you now. I'm John Scully. I'm the Commissioner of the Department of Public Safety, and um, I appreciate the opportunity to to visit with our listeners today as we talk about a few things that are very important to DPS right now. And um, some of these things are very challenging uh, given the current situation across our country right now. Uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about is, is Real ID. Everyone's heard of Real ID. It's here, it's upon us. Whenever I uh, became the commissioner of the Department of Public Safety, one of the number one priorities for me by the governor was to ensure that the state of Oklahoma becomes Real ID compliant. Uh, as you would imagine, there are a lot of moving parts in that. But the good news is we are finally Real ID compliant in the state of Oklahoma. And what that means is that the Federal Department of Homeland Security has agreed and signed off with the way that we issue Real IDs in the state of Oklahoma. Part of that is that we issue Real IDs and we also issue non-compliant Real IDs, but those IDs are marked non-Real ID compliant. So now that we're Real ID compliant, we have a huge job ahead of us to issue Real IDs across the state of Oklahoma and to educate our citizens on the importance of Real ID and also the fact that not everyone has to have a Real ID. Um, just to let you know where we're at, um, as of November 2nd, we have trained 147 DPS examiners on issuing Real IDs. We've also trained 474 TAG agent employees and 196 out of 247 TAG agent locations in Oklahoma are now issuing real IDs. We've issued about 51,946 real IDs and 79,102 non-real ID compliant um, DLs and IDs since we started issuing the real IDs. So right now about 39% of Oklahomans that come in to get a driver's license or opting to get a real ID. Uh, we have a training and deployment schedule that we have been using to deploy to our 33 DL locations that DPS operates and the 247 TAG agents. I want to talk a little bit about some of the challenges that, that are faced DPS right now. And really it's the pandemic, the COVID-19. Um, it was already a challenge with DPS to become Real ID compliant and try to issue about 4 million Real IDs to Oklahomans. But then January, February timeframe, when COVID-19 really struck the state of Oklahoma, all of a sudden we found ourselves at DPS in a position where that now we're having to limit the number of customers that we can bring into all of our locations. Um, you know, before COVID-19, pre-COVID-19, for example, here at headquarters at 36 and Martin Luther King, uh, you may go to the the entry where the where the citizens come in for a, an ID or a driver's license, and there may be about 50, 75 people stacked up in that room. Well, now, due to social distancing guidelines, we follow the CDC guidelines, we can only allow about 12 people in that room at a time. So that means more people have to wait outside. More people get frustrated, and it's just a difficult time for us to try to try to serve all of our customers. No one would have predicted that COVID-19 would ever happen and, and create the volume of problems and challenges and complaints that we face daily. 
Um, but we're dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic the best way that we possibly can. Um, we're trying to do everything we can to keep our employees safe and to keep our customers safe. We also have an obligation to um, protect the customers that do come into our facilities. All the precautions that we take um, because of the COVID-19, um, for example, when a customer comes to the front door, we check their temperature before they're allowed to come inside our facility. Then we ask them a series of, of screening questions and tend to determine if they have any symptoms or if they have been exposed to anyone that has confirmed COVID-19. Um, because when we find that out, then we obviously have, a, have an opportunity to ask them to come back at a later time when they're no longer exhibiting symptoms or after they've had about 14 days to, um, to not be around anyone that's, that's had COVID-19. Again, we just continue to, to follow the CDC guidelines uh, to keep all of our employees and, and customers safe. And we push that information out to all of our employees consistently so that they know what the, what the recommendations are from CDC so they know what to follow. Another thing that's important for DPS that we're working diligently on right now is modernization for DPS and the Highway Patrol. That's a, that's a priority for us, a priority for the governor. That involves a lot of new computer systems. That involves um, identifying vendors that can bring new software, new hardware to us that allows us to do our jobs better. And one of my personal priorities um, here at DPS is to ensure that all of our employees are, are just quite simply providing the most efficient and courteous service that they possibly can to all of our citizens and that we do it in a way that provides the most safety possible to our dedicated employees. Again, it's been my pleasure to be able to visit with you today and, and um, provide some updates on where we're at with DPS or so many other things that we're involved in here. Um, directly under me in the, in the chain of command is, is the um, Chief of Administration, Chief Pat Mays, uh, Assistant Commissioner, and then um, the Chief of the Highway Patrol is Brent Sugg. I could continue and I could go on and on today in my description of different things that we're involved in at DPS and, and what we have going on, but they're going to come in shortly and I want to make sure that I uh, save some things for them to talk about because I know that they really enjoy what they're doing. They're excited about the positions that they're in. They're excited about the services that they provide and how that they're working with me to try to take uh, DPS into the future. So thank you very much. I appreciate your time today. I'm Chief Pat Mays. I'm the Chief of Administration for the Oklahoma Department of Public Safety. A little bit about my background. Um, I started in law enforcement in 1983 uh, as a police officer and then joined the ranks of the Oklahoma Highway Patrol in 1997. Uh, I've got 35 years of law enforcement under my belt, but when I took on this new role, the things that I've learned so far uh, being on the civilian side of the house has been very rewarding, challenging, um, and, and I'm excited about learning continuing to learn more things about this side of the uh, agency. As the Chief of Administration, uh, I am responsible for overseeing all non-commissioned DPS employees. For all those that don't know what that means, uh, the Department of Public Safety has two branches. You have the uh, uniform side, which is the Highway Patrol, and then you have the non-uniform side, which is made up of civilian employees. And uh, th that group basically encompasses our driver license division, our legal division, our public affairs division, our maintenance division, and a host of other 
uh, non-law enforcement type uh, divisions. In this role, I work very closely with the division directors to ensure that the Department of Public Safety operates as smoothly and as efficiently as possible. You know, when I accepted this position, I never dreamed that within my first year, the department would face a worldwide pandemic with COVID-19, a 9% reduction in our budget, and a few unfunded legislative mandates that we have had to navigate. Without reservation, I have to say that I am very proud of you, the employees, for making it possible for us to operate under such challenging conditions. To the public, I'd like to say thank you for your patience with us as we've uh, endured these challenges with COVID-19 um, and, and such difficult times in our country. The can-do spirit that I have witnessed is remarkable and should be commended. For me, this has been an awesome journey so far. When I took this position, I thought I knew a lot about DPS. Wow, was I wrong. There was so much more to learn, and I continue to learn so much more with every passing day. I want to thank each of you for being patient with me as I learn to navigate the intricacies of the DPS world. I also want to thank the Real ID team and all DPS employees for their commitment and success in making Oklahoma a Real ID compliant state. Without your commitment and tenacity, we would not have been successful in, in achieving this monumental task in such a timely manner while enduring the challenges of a worldwide pandemic. Kudos to everyone. The commissioner, Chief Sugg, and I have, have a very simple philosophy about the agency and our future. Our predecessors have done a good job of moving this agency along and trying to keep up with technological advances. We are striving to do the same, and it is our sincere desire that we make DPS a great place to work, give the employees the tools necessary to perform their jobs, and make the DPS customer service experience as efficient and as pleasant as possible. Our goals and our primary focus are to create efficiencies within the agency and to ensure the best customer service experience for both the public and our fellow employees. If you have any comments or suggestions for better customer service or increased efficiencies within the agency, please do not hesitate to let me know. I cannot guarantee that we will use or implement every suggestion, but we are certainly open to any recommendations or innovative ideas to improve the agency. I want to close by saying thank you for your hard work and commitment to DPS, to this great state, and to the citizens of Oklahoma. Take care, and as we approach the holiday seasons, I pray that everyone will be safe, that you stay healthy, and that your holidays are filled with peace and joy. It's Colonel Brent Sugg, Chief of the Oklahoma Highway Patrol. Uh, if you've not had the opportunity to come down to the Public Information Office and see the new recording studio, uh, this is my first uh, opportunity to be here. And I'm really excited about this. I'm excited about the podcast. I think that uh, it's going to be an opportunity for internal uh, employees and then the public to also get a better perspective of the Oklahoma Highway Patrol, what we do, how we serve, uh, the multiple ways that we engage with the public, uh, but also for our internal folks uh, to get a better understanding of what some of their partners do that are around the state that they've not interacted with or not had the opportunity to to meet some of the different groups. I think you're going you're gonna to be uh, enlightened by some of the information, and I hope that will encourage you uh, to want to do more with your career, to expand on things that you have already done, and uh, opportunities to find people uh, and engage with people that maybe you haven't uh, experienced thus far. So one of the things we were talking about before we got started, I was visiting with Trooper Perkins and she was talking about the why of, of what why people get in law enforcement. Why do you do this career? What 
uh, what's it like being the chief? And so the why for me of starting in law enforcement was my father uh, being a police officer in Norman. And one of my earliest memories, which which all of us that wear this type of uniform that is dry cleaned knows what the smell is like when this uniform gets wet. And it's not the first time that I've shared this story, but it was impactful to me when I was a, when I was a little kid. And I remember getting in my dad's patrol car and, and he was a supervisor at the time, but I, he wore an, an alternate brown uniform to what the patrol wears. It was dark brown trousers with the light brown shirt. And so it was, it was, uh, a very similar uniform, and I remember getting in the car and that distinct smell of uh, wet, dry cleaning fluid on a uniform, and and I I don't know why that that scent stuck with me, but I can remember just being in his car, going to some very minor things with him. But as a nine, ten year old boy, I thought that was the coolest thing in the world, and so I knew from an early age that I was going to be in law enforcement. It was all I wanted to do. Uh, so I very much modeled my uh, my uh, younger years, knowing that uh, this was would be the job. Uh, I always wanted to be a Norman police officer, and that was really my big experiences, uh, with the exception of I grew up with Colby Kaysen, so I knew Jerry Kaysen very well. Uh, we we uh, I would see the Highway Patrol bubble on his car. I remember being in his garage and him cleaning that bubble and polishing that lens on that bubble. And so those were kind of the, the two agencies that I was familiar with. And so at 21 years old, the Norman Police Department saw fit to hire me as a police officer, which in retrospect, I'm sure they've probably thought better of that. But I got to spend five, six uh, amazing years there learning from some really cool people and uh, got to go through their academy and uh, uh, was on their SWAT team, had phenomenal experiences with Norman PD. and then in. Uh, uh, when I started at Norman PD in 94, Corey Miner was in my academy. Uh, Corey Miner and my father uh, worked together at Norman PD, and my father was on the call when Corey Miner, uh, his dad, was killed in the line of duty. And um, when he was shot in the face by Orban Gill, who currently is uh, in McAllister State Penitentiary. And uh, I say that name because he's a murderer of a law enforcement officer. And uh, we uh, around the country, especially the past several months, uh, are regularly criticized for the way that we do our jobs. And this was a young Vietnam veteran that came back and, and like my dad was a Vietnam veteran, but Melvin Miner was as well, came back and wanted to serve and continued serving after Vietnam and decided to be a police officer and was killed by uh, Mr. Gill, who had also killed his wife and his parents. So uh, Corey and I met for the first time in that Norman Academy. I knew the background, and we went through the Norman Academy together. Uh, we have been friends ever since, uh, still to this day. Uh, Corey then became a trooper in 97, and I came out and rode with Corey after uh, uh, his first year on and decided, you know what, I think I'm going to give this a try. And, uh, you know, working down in McLean County with him. So uh, I was hired in 99 and um, spent all my road time in Troop A, uh, working Oklahoma County, hoots uh, and swing shifts, and uh, never spent day shift, uh, uh, never spent any time there. Not going to bash anybody that does, but I just, that was never my, never my thing. I liked being out at night. I had some amazing partners. Um, I, I 
got in a lot of uh, amazing, a lot of uh, some amazing things while I was there in uh, in Troop A, and um, then spent some time in Troop Z as a uh, trooper, then promoted into Troop Z, and then very quickly went to training, and was able to be the commandant of a couple of academies and. And definitely highlights of my career, probably not those that were in my academies, but um, I I would encourage anybody in the agency, you know, uh, set yourself up, set yourself on a career path to try and be involved with a Highway Patrol Academy. I think it gives you an amazing perspective uh, of what that learning environment is like. And it's easy for us to talk about how we finished one. Uh, but to be a staff member on one and and the commitment that it takes, because basically you're going through another academy yourself. You're away from your family. You're living on the third deck. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of things happening there. Um, my first command, I got to be at Troop A. I got to go back home and, um, you know, think that that was probably one of the biggest turning points in my career. And the amount of things that I encountered as a captain at Troop A and trying to adjust to that environment uh, was significant in, in what has happened in the seven subsequent years of becoming a major and then becoming chief of the highway patrol. And I can assure you, uh, never at one time did, did I expect that uh, at uh, a roughly 20 years that I would be chief of the patrol. That was not, not on my radar, not saying that I never thought about being chief of the patrol or that I never wanted it, I just didn't know that it was going to happen at that point. Um, I have, while well, the the past fourteen months have probably been, uh, as far as just doing a job, some of the most challenging fourteen months. Uh, there's not a day that I don't wake up or go to bed and think how fortunate I am and blessed by God to have this job uh, as the chief. Uh, there's only been twenty eight of them, and I've looked around at other states. There's some states that have only had thirteen colonels. Uh, clearly they don't change as often as we do with a governor uh, in the state of Oklahoma. But I am extremely fortunate to to get to serve alongside you uh, every day. And um, I think that uh, in 14 months, I have definitely grown in this position. Uh, I, I have, a, uh, I think, a, a much better understanding of what my role is and uh, um, as a lot of changes have taken place over the last 14 months, we have a lot of technology changes that have occurred. I've done a, a lot of YouTube videos trying to explain why we're doing things and how we're doing things. And, uh, and this, this podcast is just another format for us as an agency to push information out to, to uh, the people within our agency and, again, also the public to make sure that they understand that every day that we put on a uniform or a suit or we get in that car or we're making that stop, our goal is that the public goes home safely. Uh, our goal is that from point A to point B, you are not seriously injured or killed in a motor vehicle collision uh, or in a boating collision. Um, you know, we have, we have other elements out there. Uh, that that people don't get to see as much, whether it's bomb squad or our drug interdictors or our task force personnel. Uh, somebody somebody in the public is not going to realize that uh, that this person driving this car is assigned to a turnpike or a road assignment. 
of somebody driving the same car is assigned to highway safety or to Troop W Marine Enforcement, or they're in an unmarked car because they do dignitary protection. And so there's so many components to this organization. Um, it is it is far more vast than even I realized. And the the stories that I get to hear, I spent Friday at Troop B headquarters listening to some of the events that have taken place in that field troop over the past year. And they were doing their, their annual meeting and their shift bid. And listening to those troopers, the ones that have, uh, you know, saved people from suicide, from jumping off of a bridge, or they've been involved in shootings uh, um, out in the county assisting a deputy, and, uh, and just the day-to-day gutting it out, taking drunks to jail, uh, taking bad guys to jail, um, getting into stuff. Uh, the, I can never thank each of you enough. So I hope that those are the things that you think about when you go out and serve each day, however you do that. I ask for God to bless each one of you in, in your jobs, keep you safe, and that's all I've got. And we'd like to give a special thanks to our commissioner, assistant commissioner, and chief of the Highway Patrol for recording those messages for us. And so, yeah, we're just we're, we're really excited about this podcast. We want we want everyone to tune in. Um, you can submit your questions at trainlikeatrooper.podbean.com. And we want those questions to come in, um, you know, like us, follow us on Facebook, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And you can find links on the on our Podbean website as well. Yeah, and uh, we'll keep you guys updated with what we're going to come out with. Um, sorry about all the ums. but uh, <laughs> and Can people send a message on Facebook if they have a question? Yes, they can. You can direct message us on Facebook as well, um, and we regularly monitor those questions and comments. We'll be pushing out some more information about recruiting campaigns we have coming up. We have changed it up a little bit, and the whole campaign will be is, is called Train Like a Trooper, so... That'll be awesome. We're excited about that. It'll be coming to uh, all parts of the state. We're getting everybody involved with this one. So we'll be sending some updates out with that as well. So be looking for that. We'll talk about it some more later. And so our goal is to, we'll we'll probably start releasing these podcasts in January, right after the first of the year. Um, And again, the goal is to release one every Monday. So, um, you know, start following us now so you can be be in tune with those podcasts. Yeah. Even if you don't want to listen, just click it, please. Thanks.